Hey, Ty Brady here with Brady Insurance Marketing in the Ty Brady Way, one of the nation's largest field marketing organizations that helps independent agents achieve a six and seven figure income with the systems and strategies that I'm going to talk about with you today. Welcome back to another episode of the Ty Brady Way. Today, I, I, we're featuring Jake Lewis. The, the legend, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah, the legend. You know, I, the audience, we, we go through this and we talk about successful entrepreneurs and how they've been able to grow businesses. And yeah, I mean, I remember you moved away for a little while, actually twice, right? Two different locations to build an agency. And um, I don't think anybody grows up and says, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a business owner. Um, but I know your dad's been in the industry for a while and you kind of grew up around that. But how did you get in the industry and you're at today? I mean, what did that look like? Yeah. So uh, how I got in the industry, uh, growing up, my dad had a, an insurance agency where they did life and annuity, financial planning, that type of thing. And kind of growing up, my brothers never really showed an interest in like the business side um, of really just their you know, job professions, that type of thing. So it's kind of assumed I would just take over my dad's company and things would kind of just go from there. And you know, as I got older, I went to college, realized I really did not want to mess with people's money and investments <laughs> and things like that. And uh, apparently it doesn't uh, pair well with anxiety, you know, messing <laughs> with money and stuff. So, you know, I was kind of just doing my own thing, went to college for business, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but just knew I wanted to be something involved in business and learning the ins and outs and how things work and that type of thing. And uh, my last semester, uh, I asked my dad, you know, he knows a lot of people in the industry just looking for an internship of where to get some experience. And he actually paired me up with Ron Kellogg. It's actually almost like 10 years ago. Wow. Like, yeah, it's been a minute. That's great. No, a decade. Yeah. It's fantastic. So I uh, did my internship there and it was, it was really interesting. You know, those Monday morning meetings, I'm pretty sure I was the youngest one there by 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you helped me get licensed. You went on appointments with me. That was awesome. I uh, just really learned a lot getting into the industry there. And yeah, it's, it's wild to think it's already been 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> You got kind of out of it for a minute, if I remember, because right. you ran a nonprofit, right? And what then? Does that still exist today? I'm sure it does. Yeah. So my, my uncle runs a nonprofit called the American Patriot Service Corps. They specialize in helping veterans um, apply for their benefits that get them into like assisted living facilities and help pay for home health care. And uh, what was really fun with that is I did a lot of like the administrative work, the back end support, but with that organization, like any veteran in Utah that we were helping was directly going through me and I was able to provide a service that, you know, they could get from the VA, but it, it took them like three to six months to get. Whereas yeah. if I was helping them, it would take one month, which was just really rewarding to be able to provide that service for veterans. Wow. Yeah. So you did that for a short stint. How did you get talked into or how did you decide to get back to what you started? I think for me, it was just uh, like the nonprofit, like cause I was actually doing Medicare at the same time as well. So oh, okay. like, as that was kind of getting more like overwhelming with this, like the volume and things were kind of transitioning to like they were just doing things a different way. The Medicare business was growing. We were taking more of the uh, financial planning agents we were working with, with uh, my dad's agency and helping them get into Medicare. So it was just, you know, one thing was kind of changing where I wasn't going to be needed as much. And then, you know, with Medicare it was blowing up where a lot of assistance was needed. So. So you did a lot of personal writing and then yeah. when did you decide that, Hey, I'm going to manage and grow people like me and duplicate myself. Really? It's just when we started getting so many of like our financial planning agents that they would call and just give me referrals. And, you know, at some point in time, I was just like, do you want me to teach you how to do this? Like, I know, like, you know, I you know some of our agents, they're just really focused on customer service. 
And like, I know they don't like referring business away, but they send them to me because they could trust me. But yeah. they trusted me to also teach them how to do it the right way and teach them how to do it themselves, which was a, a big eye opener for them. So how many states are you over right now? I think we, we have agents in most of the Western United States. We have about 40 agents, mostly in Utah and New Mexico. Got it. There's some powerhouses, man. They do yeah. a lot of business and help do a lot of good. You know, looking at that 10-year history, what would be a word of advice you'd like to give anybody that wants to start a business, wants to be an entrepreneur, wants to go deal with a franchise, something like that? What would you, what would you tell them? Because, yeah, it may not be that you're in the insurance business. Maybe you want to, you know, go in on a restaurant. What would you tell them? I think you just got to put yourself out there and, you know, unfortunately you got to deal with rejection in the beginning, but the most important thing is surrounding yourself with people that you have different strengths and weaknesses. And when you have those relationships, like it's not like a parasitic relationship where you're just taking from you, giving me things, but like find people that, you know, you're really good at one thing and they're not and, you know, vice versa. And yeah. just finding people that you can work with because to be an entrepreneur, you don't have to do it by yourself. Like you have to have people to show you the way and teach you how to do it. Well, you know, I think uh, no, there's no self-made entrepreneur out there, I believe. I believe everybody had a mentor, whether they'll tell you or not. And I know that I had uh, Ron's ear and I'd come into his office and I'd be frustrated and he would like, just go sell another app tie or, you know, you gotta, you gotta let it go. Or, you know, he'd be like, if you can't let this go, you just got to get out. You know, he's like, right. because we, um, the unfortunate thing is what we do, we're in the replacement business. Right. Right. And, and it hurts when a client goes to another agent. Cause you're like, man, what did I do wrong? You can't take it personal. Well, yeah. Well, that reminds me of an appointment. Like one of the first ones I went on with you where we we're in this guy's house for like an hour and you know, he would respond to a lead. He requested the information. So we went and we're talking to him. And then like partway through, he picks up his phone and he calls his agent. Oh, <laughs> I remember like, that. This is funny because at the, at the time, like, you know, I was just learning. I was like, okay, whatever. But I know you were like really upset by it. And then I was like, at the same time, like, isn't this like the, the kind of relationships you want with our clients? Like yeah, that, that relate, like that agent has a good relationship where even if someone introduces a better product, better idea, like they're going to call you while they're in your house, which that was, yeah. That, we, we, we got all the way down to the close and he's like, hold on a minute. And we're like, who's he calling? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, and then I just got deflated. Yeah. I was like, are you, I mean, here's the thing that is, we always went at it, provide a service, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the money is a byproduct of the, I mean, the commission we get paid or the money is a byproduct of serving them. Mm -hmm. And he had a need, I can't remember if it was dental or if it was vision or if it was a lower copay or saving money, whatever it was, that's what we're having a conversation with him about. Right. Is, you know, where can we, where can we put this guy in a better situation? Right. Cause I'm pretty sure he still signed up for the plan we were trying yeah. to help him out with. He just <laughs> didn't have us write it. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, I go back to, I did a podcast show about B a transformational agent versus a transactional agent. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people got in the industry, you know, 15 years ago, they were just transaction. And, and it's evolving where more and more agents are taking the time to be the transformational agent because they want the client retention, right? right? They want to serve, they want to help, they want people to feel, you know, hey, they want to answer your phone. I got a call yesterday, a lady was like, do I have dental insurance on my plan? You know, her tooth was aching. She's worried about that copay, right? Right. Where do you see this going in the next five years or even 10? I don't know. I think, especially with like our agents, we've really been trying to mentor them and building strategic partnerships over purchasing leads. There's still value in purchasing leads, but like these days, even, you know, my dad, when he turned 64 a couple of years ago, he had five different people reach out to him on his 64th birthday. So six months before he can even do anything or, or nine months, I mean, 
And so it's just that it's such a noisy space where if you're going to do mailers and that type of thing, it's so hard to get your piece noticed where, you know, so many of them, like they're going to get multiple ads per day when they're getting, you know, close to the age 65 and stuff. So find people that you can work with that have a need for a Medicare agent. And I think a lot of agents, they, they get this idea in their head. Well, you know, I'm going to go partner up with this financial planner and I'm going to, you know, pay him a hundred bucks for a referral fee or something like that. But in reality, like if you can explain what you do as an added service to them and their clients as a free service, and it helps protect their book of business, because I'm a Medicare guy, I stay in my lane. I'm not going to touch anything else because I'm not going to sleep at night if I do. Um, (laughs) Just you got to find people that will work with you and you have a genuine relationship with. There are very few people that can do it all. And what I mean by that is I, I specialize in helping people on Medicare like you do. I know that I've partnered with other financial planners and helped them close a deal because I took care of the Medicare space. Right. Because they want to know how much is this going to cost me before I move on. And so when I said, oh, this is how much is their medical is going to cost? Because that's, I mean, people will spend their last dollar to stay alive one more day. Right. And they want to know how much that costs before they know how much money they can allocate to the financial planner to play with. Exactly. So it's been it's been great with those relationships. Right. You know, the number one concern is outliving their life savings. Yes. And so if, if they can plan out what their life savings is going to look like with, you know, either choosing Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplement or something, that's really going to help them know how to plan to make sure their money lasts for you know the rest of their life and also you know, their legacy. Yeah. Last one, I asked this on the last the last podcast show I did. What would you say the hardest part was to the, you know, or maybe just something that was, you're like, man, that was rough. And then the last question would be is, what was hard? And then uh, any other last thoughts you'd want to leave with the audience? I think what has always been hard is I'm not particularly like a great salesperson. Uh, a good example of that is I actually did door-to-door sales between semesters, one of my, my college years. And I was selling food storage in Utah to primarily Mormons, and I sucked <laughs> at it. So for someone who can't sell food storage um, in, in this market, you know, I was kind of nervous about getting rejected and things like that. And it was really rough to, you know, make phone calls and have people have negative reactions to you or just, you know, not pick up and just kind of get repetitive in that uh, setting. But really, once you understand, like, the hardest part is getting them to sit down with you. Once they sit down with you, you're just educating them and then they're making a choice. Yeah. And if you do a good job of educating them and providing customer service, they're going to send referrals your way. And it's going to be a lifelong relationship of someone that they see as someone they can trust to take care of their friends and family. Because that's what it comes down to these days is really trust and relationship. You're not selling Medicare. You're really you're selling yourself as a reliable resource. You, people will do business with people they know and trust. Right, I mean, exactly. that, they will do that business with people they know and trust. And then any last thoughts? And then how people may be able to get how, how people can get a hold of you. Um, yeah, as far as like last thoughts, as far as like recruiting and the management side of things, I always tell managers like, don't ask your agents to do things that you're not willing to do yourself or at least attempt to do. A lot of our agents will do retail at like Walmarts and grocery stores and that type of thing. I am really bad at it, but I, I still do it at almost every year. Just so I, you know, when an agent, new agent texts me and they're like, you know, I haven't had someone stop in my kiosk for two hours. Yeah. Like, I know what they're feeling like. And I'm not just going to be some like cold personality that's like, well, you just got to stick it out and do this. Like, I know what it feels like to be in their shoes. Yeah. Hopefully not as much because they should hopefully are better than I am at, at certain skills. But really, it's just all about being there for your agents, being there as a resource and I really like that my focus is not on my own personal book of business. Yeah. It's being there as a resource because, you know, during AEP, if I was doing 10, 12 appointments a day, I don't have time to pick up the phone for a brand new agent that just needs a little bit of help. Yeah. 
I always, you know, the, the hardest part about this industry is answering your phone, right? Mm-hmm. But the easiest part is answering your phone. Right. And, and, and the agent calls you. They, they have a concern. They're in front of a client. They're trying to resolve something. They're not calling to chit chat. Right. So if you're going to make that step to recruit and train, you owe it to that person you hired and sure. to answer that phone. And my wife knows, my kids know, I step out, you know, and so, or sometimes I'll text them, say, is it an emergency? And they're like, no. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to call you back in an hour. That's great. You know, as long mm-hmm. as I'm communicating or, hey, I need this answer because uh, I'm being told this or that, you know, what is it? Right. Anything else you'd like to share? No, I think it's good. Definitely, uh, I recommend getting in this business. I mean, it's, it's such a, an amazing business where, you know, you're not focusing on short-term game. You're focusing on building up that renewal pipeline and having the ability to, you know, coach your kids lacrosse teams yeah. and to do all these things with your family and stuff. It's, you know, during certain points when I was struggling, I thought like, you know, I could go, I have a lot of Medicare knowledge. I could go to United Healthcare, these companies and probably find a job doing something there. That's right. Yeah. But then like even having like my first child, I was like, you know, I don't, I, I like that. I don't have to like ask for permission to take time to spend with a newborn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so. you know what? There's the money's always coming in. Jake, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah. Um, I've always admired you. I really have and had a lot of good times on the road. I mean, <laughs> I think looking back, we could talk, tell stories for days on the yeah. experiences we had. Um, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, if you have any questions or concerns, just comments, just shoot me an email at uh, jacob at beaconsuccess.com, and uh, I'm happy to help out where I can. Okay. Thank you for being on the show, and always share, like, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Type Radio Way. As always, share, like, and subscribe. Um, go to Instagram at ty.r.brady. And as always, love hearing from you. And let me know what you want to learn on the show or what you'd like me to bring up on the show. Thanks. You can find the Ty Brady Way on Instagram as well as Facebook. To stay connected with giveaways and Ty himself, go ahead and follow at ty.r.brady on Instagram as well as Facebook. This podcast was recorded, edited, and produced by Whitney Face Media Marketing. The theme music is an excerpt from Hot Chicken of the Woods by Isaac Dole.